Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the podcast from a freezing cold England on my side. But luckily, as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, um, who is based in Sydney. And I imagine it's a little bit nicer over there, Josh. Uh, Yeah, I'm just actually looking at the forecast, Sam. Uh, 33 tomorrow. Goodness me. Oh, for those watching on YouTube, Josh is just showing his... uh, his weather forecast update and uh yeah it's depressing although actually you know we were looking at the stats weren't we end of last year of where a lot of our listeners are from and and, and a fair few are from dubai so that that kind of weather they'll see 30 and think it's nothing yeah um, what's that do you know what i know that's best about that 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 number as well is it's actually a public holiday tomorrow in australia as well oh lovely so, yeah so it, so public holiday so are you out on the town i know it's it's half nine p.m ish you're recording no, a few beers no, no? just no i've just finished football training so i'm a little bit red faced today finish football training <laughs> uh go to the beach tomorrow and uh oh, back back to business train. again on friday though it's a bit difficult to do anything too exciting when you've got a, a midweek it public is, holiday yeah. it is yeah they should really you know make that a friday uh yeah, no. just to to get people spending down the down the shops um podcast subjects for this week is going to be earning focused um as the title gives it away for everyone that clicked on it <laughs> but uh we've got a blackout period ahead of the next fed meeting which is next wednesday so first of february so i think it makes sense to focus on specific companies for now the three companies that made our shortlist josh and i always have a little catch up the day before what companies or what subjects should we focus on and we went for microsoft we went for tesla and visa um so josh i'm gonna say does that sound good but you already know that those are the companies but does it sound good yeah, it does sound good. Yeah. Um, yeah, big, big few week, big few weeks in in sort of tech earnings land. Um, yeah, a few big names this week and, and a few big names to follow next week as well. Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Meta, I think, as well next yeah, week. Right. So uh yeah, some big names and obviously the Fed decision next week as well. So big couple of weeks. Yeah, it really is. I've I've looked over the last couple of days. I think if anyone follows Josh and I on Twitter and you'd have seen on my Twitter I I tweeted out a picture of a couple of AI related stocks and they all look the same. And actually there's a lot of stocks that, you know, to the naked eye look like they bottomed out that back end of December. Uh, and a lot of, if they're in the same sector, the charts look very, very similar. Uh, so we can talk a little bit about that later on, but before we do get going, uh, we didn't do a weekly quiz question last week because of the retail investor beat, but the two weeks before that we did. So we got another one. Uh, and actually of the three, I would probably say this is one I think people would more likely get right. So no pressure to you all listening at home. The question is, since 1928, on average, what percentage of the time does the S&P 500 finish positive on a yearly basis? So basically, you know, how often does the S&P finish up? year after year uh josh are you pretty confident our listeners can can get this right are you as confident as i am i think that's a pretty tough question i think this <laughs> might be the, the toughest one of them all um 
Also depends if they're a bull or a bear as well. Um, yeah, yeah, true. It's got to be high, isn't it? I think again, I don't actually know this one, but I think it's I think it's going to be pretty high. Yeah. Given that we very rarely have, uh, or well, I think what only a couple of times in history we've had back to back down years, and in between, you know, sort of what 2010, 2011 to 2020 or so, we um, we had you know a, a tremendous run. So it's got to be in in the high numbers at least, at least sort of 65, 70, 75 percent, I'd say. Cool. Well, look, everyone have a little think and we will reveal the answer at some point, probably just before we wrap up the podcast. But don't fast forward just yet. Uh, first up for us today, as mentioned, is Microsoft. Now, they reported their earnings after the market close on Tuesday. So, Josh, talk us through that. What were your your key takeaways from that report? Good, bad, ugly, mixed? uh mixed yeah mixed bag all in all i think really for microsoft it didn't really set the world alight um but in this sort of environment we're just sort of really looking to try and take positives when they come so let's definitely start there and and the the positives was you know that that headline earnings beat expectations it came in at two dollars 32 versus two dollars 30 expected then we had azure cloud computing sales that grew by 38 percent uh, that was above market expectations as well. So that was really important because we had some positivity, but on the other side of that, um, we, we obviously had a bit of negativity. But cloud computing is a major focus for the business. Um, so the street sort of took that and then the stock sort of jumped out of hours. Didn't last long, but we'll get onto that. But I think what it does show, you know, just off the bat is that the results were you know, pointing towards Microsoft resilience. Um, they've still got that evident cl- sort of cloud growth. They continue to strengthen their position in the market with with sort of AI developments, um, you know, that sort of $10 billion investment into open AI. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see companies upgrading software, even in an economic slowdown. So I think that will continue. But as I said, there was a few negatives. It was the slowest revenue growth since 2016 at just sort of 2% year over year. And personal computing revenue missed expectations. That came in at $14.24 billion. But that was sort of a bit of a broader weakness across the sort of the PC market. We had worldwide PC shipments decline about 28% in, in sort of Q4. So it wasn't just Microsoft. That was just sort of general sort of broad weakness. Net income, that fell for the quarter to $16.43 billion. Mm. That was down 12% from a year ago as well. Uh, they took a charge of about $1.2 billion in the quarter as well after obviously laying off 10,000 employees also. So look, a you know a, a pretty mixed quarter. I think we've got that short-term pain there for Microsoft, um, you know, especially with that sort of charge on um, the, sort of the, the layoff of the employees. But I think it's a strategy that sort of Wall Street and investors will, will sort of continue to applaud. They're looking to support margins and cut costs in a softer sort of macro backdrop. I know, you know, we had a bit of a brief conversation about these layoffs sort of last week, Sam. And, you know, I think, again, it comes across the board. You've got Meta and other names that have announced. Since Meta announced their layoffs, they're actually share prices up around 45, 50%. Again, a lot of that is obviously due to, you know, reaching maybe that bottom, as we said earlier, bottoming out and probably a bit of a softer macro environment. But again, you know, cutting costs in this environment is is what it needs and and it's been rewarded. Um but as I say, after that sort of initial move higher after the sort of the report, 
They said in the earnings call afterwards that revenue growth in Azure um, would decelerate in sort of the current period and projected, you know, slowdown in in sort of software sales as well, which obviously, you know, you know, fueled concerns as well about sort of a decline in in sort of demand for products. Um, that was disappointing. Again, I think that put a real negative twist on it. So as I say, mixed all in all, Wall Street didn't like that lackluster guidance. So it'd be interesting to see how it opens today but i'd say investors can still feel pretty confident that that sort of nadella who satea nadella who's the ceo can lead microsoft through what is a difficult period um but let's remember they've got a monster balance sheet you know they they are cashed up with hundreds of billions of dollars um so i wouldn't be too worried about microsoft even if we do start to see things slow down yeah let's have a quick look uh, what time is it 10:56 a.m. uk time have a look at their pre-market activity down two percent but you like you said it spiked after didn't it and then it sort of did a bit of a, a full reversal but yeah upon that open it'd be interesting to see how that trades it's been quite interesting just talking about layoffs and i wonder how many people have created an hour ago to react to headlines if there's layoffs buy and uh, it'd be really interesting of the last year uh 18 months just to see the immediate stock price stock price reaction and then three months and six months after that just to get a little bit of info i know it's very tech focused and when maybe it goes into other sectors the reaction actually won't be to the upside but uh yeah one to keep a keep an eye on there we're in such a, a funny world where people losing jobs is good for the broader market and the share price um i was speaking with someone earlier just about how i've you know in, in my previous career i would teach people how to to day trade fundamentally and technically and a lot of people initially struggled that came from financial backgrounds that had degrees and masters in economics and finance because a lot of the theory doesn't actually make sense day to day in trading so they would always almost couldn't believe that the stock market would go up sometimes off bad news um, and it took them a while to to get their head around that and that's kind of what we're seeing at the moment um next up for us is tesla a very commonly talked about stock on this podcast uh, and they report after the market closes on wednesday uh, so that would be for those in the uk that would be after 9 p.m uh what will the street focus on there are we, are we also saying it's it's the ultimate meme stock uh or is it more than that no i think it's more than that um <laughs> It is a it is a stock loved by retail investors though. It's the most held stock um by eToro investors globally. So mm. our investors love Tesla. Um but look, while every quarter is important for Tesla, I think this upcoming result and call and guidance is gonna be one of the most important, you know, I don't want to say moments, but I think mm. it, you know, it could be huge in the history of Tesla and for Musk himself. You're bigging it up here. Yeah. And again, let me explain why I think that is. We've seen unprecedented growth, hyper growth, right, for Tesla over the last few years in this sort of EV market, which was essentially created by Musk, right? A lot of people wrote him off going back, you know, 10 years ago. Now Tesla faces what is going to be a darker macro picture in 2023. We've got fierce competition coming from all angles we've got musk himself quite openly talking about the difficult economic backdrop and then adding to that backdrop is musk who has essentially gone from you know a superhero to a villain in the eyes of many investors after what is this ongoing sort of twitter fiasco and has caused plenty of issues for the tesla stock with you know his sales less focus 
and basically what I like to call his new love child in Twitter. Yeah. Let's also not forget his other, you know, billion dollar event, you know, ventures that he has as well. So for me, I think there's a few things to focus on. I think if we go straight to the sort of the earnings call, I think Musk needs to change his annual delivery target. That was at 50%. It missed um, sort of in 2022, just from the sort of Q4 number that we had came in at 40%. I think we need to see something realistic rather than continuing to miss that mark. He's an optimist. We know that, but it may be better to offer some weak guidance and then come through with, you know, a beat on, on expectations. Um, coming back to what we said earlier about what is the street going to focus on? I think the focal point is going to be margins. Mm. You know, these have been an impressive point for Tesla over many, many years and are now potentially under pressure with those sort of price cuts that we saw within the last sort of month or so. I think this was, you know, a defensive strategy, but I think it's also an offensive move as well that was really needed, to be honest. It's got to defend this EV dominance and also try and gain that sort of competitive edge, especially in key markets like China, where it's got a lot of competition. You've got BYD, you've got Xpeng, you've got Neo, uh, you've got Li Auto, you can continue. So there's a lot of a lot going on there. And then you think about Europe as well, a lot stepping up there from Volkswagen, you know, for the traditional manufacturers. Whilst I think volumes will probably increase based on those price cuts, the big question obviously for the street is, is what happens to those sort of gross margins. You know, clearly there's going to be some pressure from those price cuts, but the global scale of Tesla today, I think, is an offset. And I think that's going to be a focus on the call. Still got to remember they make a lot more money on, you know, vehicles than say Toyota does, who's mm-hmm. the sort of the next biggest um sort of competitor in terms of market cap for, for Tesla. Um, but I think, yeah, that's gonna be a real focus, margins and and how that plans out. But also on the same time, to sort of balance that out, Musk has said quite a few times that. You know, a lot of the supply disruptions that he has faced for Tesla have started to ease. He's seen commodity prices ease off their highs as well. You know, so that could bring costs down as well. So maybe this is strategic. Maybe he knows that costs are coming down and he can keep margins high. And, and that's what can warrant these these price cuts. Um, and then again, we spoke about that sort of slowdown of EVs. And I think there is a concern there from investors. I think in some cases it can be warranted that sort of slowdown in in ev demand but i think it needs context i think the slowdown we're probably going to see is for all cars it's not just evs mm-hmm. a car is the second largest purchase that most will ever make after obviously a house and that's obviously you know in the face of what is falling consumer confidence we've got rising financing costs and we've got rising car prices um as well so that's uh, that's the context and if we take some data so we've got S&P global data that sees new vehicle sales reaching 83.6 million in 2023 with electric ve- vehicle sales reaching in excess of 10 million that would put ev penetration at over 13% of the global car market so that would represent a slowdown in overall ev growth from 2022 um we would obviously still see growth of course but it would be a slower growth mm-hmm. year over year but it, what it would signify is growth in penetration of global vehicle sales. So that's really important. It, yes, there's a slowdown, but again, we're penetrating that traditional car yeah. market uh, much, you know, much more than what we have done over the previous years. So, look, the simple, simple sort of bottom line here is the easy ride for for Tesla and, and Musk is is over, um, and Musk now needs to sort of navigate Tesla through a difficult period. Um, 
And instead of focusing on his new golden child, which is Twitter, which remains a constant distraction uh, and a money pit for him uh, and will continue to be an overhang on the Tesla stock and, until we see him laser focused back on Tesla. So we need him more than ever. So hopefully uh, we get some we get some of that on the, on the call. So we need some Musk magic. Nisa Musk magic. Easy ride, pun intended earlier, by the way. I'm, I wonder how many people clocked that. Uh, I have to say, if I had um money for a new car right now i'm not 100 percent sure i would pay for a tesla over something else I, I, some of them i think are okay but most of them i think actually look aesthetically a little bit ugly so mm. elon if, you, if you're listening and you want someone to help with design my car knowledge is very limited but i can help you out a little bit um i yeah. saw i saw today um that they're releasing a ferrari electric vehicle Okay. And they're gonna play. Gonna play. They're gonna play sound. Oh yeah, see the speaker yeah. to yeah. to make it rev. Oh, <laughs> Which I just thought was was brilliant. So you're driving your electric vehicle along, and you just got you just got sound <laughs> of an engine ro- roaring as you drive past. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what car would you buy then, Sam? Tell our listeners what would you what would you put your money on at the minute? You'd, you'd have to, you'd have to give me the budget first. Um, do you know what I I have to say? You know, and my old man loves his cars. And there's a an, a classic car race in Italy called the Milli Miglia, which I'm sure some of our listeners would have, would have heard of. And you go there, and it's cars from you know all different decades in the '90s, and they're just beautiful. So if, I think I would actually go classic car. I've always wanted a um, Aston Martin DB7 James Bond. Um, so that's on nice, yeah. on a bucket list. If anyone wants to buy me one, obviously feel free. I'm not going to say no to that. Uh, yourself, you you a car man? Anything in? Yeah, I do. I do love. I do love cars. I mean, obviously, outside of the sort of the traditional, you know, I'd love to drive a Ferrari. But I yeah. would obviously love an Aston Martin in terms of that. Lots of G wagons, uh, Mercedes G wagons in in Australia. Wouldn't mind one of them. Um, but if we're just just keeping it basic, I I, I'm, I really enjoy a Lexus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bit of bit of luxury at the same time, but yeah, I think that's where I'd probably spend my money. So let's yeah, see. I, mean, I, I was in uh, obviously we part of Vitoro. We we partnered with Aston Villa, and we were lucky enough, uh, a colleague of mine and and I, to have a training day experience where we got put, put through our paces, but we also got tour. So we turned up to the training ground, and I tell you what, some of the cars there were, <laughs> were sensational. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible. Uh, you know. I've, I'd like a nice car, but I have to say, I for, I had a Fiat Panda for about ten years, which some of my mates nice. refused to get in. It was that ugly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not the one to speak to about cars. I have to say that. But would I pay for a Tesla? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure well, right now. Anyway, well, that I think leads us very nicely onto our next topic, talking of of payments, mm. uh, with a few companies in sort of the payments field reporting in the next week. Um, I think the one we were going to discuss was was Visa. So, anything in particular we we keep an eye on there, Sam? What's what's going to be happening in the payment space? Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, just on these these payment credit service companies, like you said, we've got a fair few reporting in the next few days. Mastercard are reporting before the open on Thursday. So, for those in the UK, of course, that's before two thirty. Visa uh, after the market close on Thursday, which is going to be our sort of focus for this part of the podcast before American Express on Friday uh, and PayPal on February the 9th. On, on those dates, it's quite likely uh, that PayPal share price is going to be affected as well. Uh, if we think of, say, MasterCard and Visa, let's just say they have a really 
bad earnings, chances are PayPal's share price in the build-up to their earnings report is going to come under pressure. It's going to act as a bit of a bellwether. You see this with bank stocks at the beginning of earnings seasons. If uh, a big social media or tech company has a poor earnings season, companies that are similar are also going to struggle. So just bear that in mind, any PayPal investors, you're likely over the next couple of days to see swings in the share price based on how these companies that report first do. Of course, there will be differences. Uh, but as a bit of a, a broad overview, I, th- I think these results in the face of it won't necessarily be all that great. But long term future for payments, uh, processors and card giants, I think it's it's pretty bright. Why could this earnings report be bad, though? Well, simply let's just briefly name some of the things that affected markets last year. Inflation, rising interest rates and concerns for higher unemployment. Uh, those three points make a pretty bad cocktail and can lead and have led to a decline in consumer demand uh, and discretionary spending, uh, as we've talked about previously on on the podcast. But we kind of would have thought this anyway. So if we do have pretty poor earnings or earnings that are in line, you know, the, the, the bad news was kind of expected. So, you know, just, just bear that in mind. Any earnings report or any data release, what's priced in is sometimes equally as important as what is actually released. You've all heard the saying, I'm sure, buy the rumour, sell the facts. Sometimes you get that with earnings reports too. Um, let's talk specifically on Visa. They're expected to report slower volume growth thanks to the, the limited consumer spending. But on a positive spin, they're expected to benefit from the rising cross-border activity in the last quarter and, of course, the FX volatility, which uh, I'm sure a lot of traders and investors are well aware of. Um, Some analysts also see the rise in travel over that last quarter and entertainment spending to benefit Q1 performance. So just just off that last few uh, moments there, you can see it's a little bit mixed. Some good, some bad. Uh, It's really one that I would definitely wait for the uh, the earnings report and the share price just to calm down a bit before making any decisions. It's not one that I'd feel like you need to jump in on straight away. Uh, in terms of future, uh, it is worth talking about in this moment why people are positive for the subsector. You know, millennials are using credit cards more often than not, maybe not necessarily a positive for everything, but we're starting to see that. There's also a massive rise in, in contactless payments which is set to continue uh, and with more and more people who have access to a smartphone payments for these e-commerce companies are are set to increase over the next few years as well. So it's a sector worth keeping an eye on. Uh, And technically, you know, I was looking at the chart for Visa and, and to be honest, actually right now looks really bullish. The the close above 217 was, was picture perfect. We got a close above it, weekly close. What was resistance turn to support, check it out on your charts. It was just, amazingly pitch perfect however the earnings can come we, we could get below that uh, so do keep a watch on that I, I think we need after the earnings report to stay above 217 if that happens i'd imagine investors will feel pretty comfortable about the share price reaching 240s which is another key resistance point but as always uh take uh your time post earnings you do not need to jump in straight away i guess microsoft's a great example of that josh yes. with the the jump higher initially to come back lower and now be 2% pre-market. And who knows in a couple of hours where that's going to be trading. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, that's key, you know, because we usually get the earnings results, then we go on to the conference call. And as yeah. we've said many times on the podcast, 
you know, the guidance from the earnings call is is going to be, you know, really key and will probably be another focal point, I think, really to see how, you know, the macro environment is going to be affecting these companies um, and, you know, their, their businesses moving forward. Can they continue to deliver growth that we've seen from them, uh, you know, and are they going to sort of downgrade guidance? And if that happens, then we'll probably see some some weakness. Just throwing it back quickly to uh, those sort of payment names. Mm. How brilliant is sort of the checkout feature with Apple Pay? You know, yeah. if you get to a checkout and you can just Apple Pay and it does your address, it does your name, it does your car details, just tap of the, you know, the double tap and the face ID, done. Done. It is brilliant. Have you gone into, I haven't gone into one of these, so I'm not clued up, but have you gone into one of the the Amazon stores where you don't have to pay like you do but you go in get your groceries you leave and you're done i I imagine it feels like you're robbing the store Um, well so in this is not quite the same but there's do you have a i'm sure you probably have them but the do you have uniqlo like the shop josh you you were literally in the uk it's not like you haven't been here for 100 years but yes we do have a uniqlo yeah okay sorry (laughs) there was a silly question but basically they um they they have like automatic checkouts now so you walk over you just put the items like in the like you know you know when you go to like tesco scan it or whatever yeah yeah or and then you put it down in the baggage area this you basically just you could put 10 items in there and like it just recognizes what's in there yeah world's changing and i and i and i like it and like as you say i think you know once we throw in things like you know crypto and blockchain technology to some of these you know payment names as well you know there's a lot of potential and and the future does look bright i think it does Uh, for some people i imagine a little bit scary with all this ai stuff but i think we've got to embrace Mm. it uh the future is about to get get interesting um going back to our quiz question how many or what percentage does the s p 500 basically finish up um so the answer well if we had said six months so how often does it finish up if you were to hold something for six months it'd be 71 percent. so for a year 75 percent of the time the s&p 500 finishes up so time really is on your side if you were to do and there's actually some interesting stats that i saw about this one day is 53 percent. so just over flipping the coin uh 10 days is 59 three months 67 and it just keeps going up and up and up and obviously if you were to hold an s&p contract on futures or an etf or whatever if you hold it for a 15 year period you've got a 98 percent chance of it finishing up 20 year 100 percent, 30 year 100 percent as well so time is on your side and one of our favorite sayings time in the market beats timing the market Unless you time the market perfectly and you look like a genius, but that's quite rare. Bernie, that, Bernie Madoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, that that brings us to the to the end of the the podcast. I I'd imagine I'd imagine next week we're going to be focusing on the Fed ahead of their meeting, um, and probably just having a look at the calendar. It's probably going to be non-farm payrolls on the Friday as well, being the first Friday of the month. I'll double check that, but uh, yeah, I imagine that's going to be our focus. But there also there are, as Josh mentioned, some big t- big names reporting next week as well so it's about to get juicy um but with no fed speakers this week i think everyone can breathe a little bit of a sign a sigh of release but josh as always thank you very much thank you very much for having me sam and hope everyone has a great week take care rule trade safe you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com <laughs>